Kelly and Kelly. Nine one one. What's your emergency? Uh, my brother. I, uh, I think he's dead. Okay, please calm down, sir. What happened? <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Uh, hi. Sir. Huh? Sorry. Yeah, he's not breathing. He's, he won't wake up, and I. I think we need an ambulance here right to 214 Park Lane. Okay. Okay, sir. They're on their way. Are you okay? What? Are you okay? Uh, yeah, and, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm fine. How are you? Uh, I need you to hang on the line, sir, okay? What's your name? Uh, please, please hurry. Sir, I need you to calm down. What's your name? Oh, God! Sir, I need you to calm down, okay? What is your name? Oh, God! Um, yeah, it's Daniel. Okay, Daniel. Can you yeah. tell me what your brother's doing now? Oh, well, I, I don't... He's in his bedroom. I, um... Oh, I gotta put the phone down. We don't have a cordless, so I... This is one of those situations where, you oh, I'm gonna put the phone down. I'm not hanging up. Just, uh, hold on one second. Okay. Oh, God. How do we get that cordless? Hello, this is Daniel. Hi, Daniel. Um, yeah, he's dead. He's um, he's face down in his bed, and I'm I'm poking him pretty hard here. And uh, it would be very unlike him to not respond to this kind of poking. So, oh, oh, oh he's dead. He's dead, and there's water everywhere. Oh. What do you mean there's water, <sighs> sir? What do you mean there's water? Oh, standing in it. I mean, oh, I don't even know if it's safe to hold the phone because I'm standing in this water. It's, it's on the carpet. It's on the floor. It's everywhere. Oh, I need to be grounded. Hang on one second, please. Sir? Oh. Sir, can you come back to the phone? Okay. Hi. Um, okay. What were we talking about, even? You said there was water. Huh? You said there was water, sir? What's happening with the water? Yeah. What? Oh, no, 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 no. There's something else. It was the floor, the carpet. There. Oh, he's dead. Oh, God, my brother's Daniel, dead. Daniel, I need you to pay attention and answer me. Is there anyone else in the residence? Yeah, I know. I know. Listen, do you, do you know? Oh, I mean, am I doing a bad job of this? I mean, you hear these all the time, and I just feel like I'm not even, I'm not being helpful, and I just, I don't even know if you guys do an employee evaluation afterwards, but I'm happy to take it because, honestly, you've been, Nothing but a pleasure. Okay, that's not necessary. It's been me that's been making a mockery of this whole thing. <laughs> okay, Daniel, I'm going to need you to call. Oh, my brother's so dead. Daniel, what's your brother's name? Oh, Chuck. Yeah. Why, do you, do you know him? Um, I don't think so. I just want to make on, sure. Hold on, i got to put the phone down again. I just want to hold Sir, on. I'm going to need you to remain on the line. No, never mind. I thought I saw something move, but it wasn't at all. He's still just perfectly still and dead, I guess. Okay, sir. We're on our way, okay? Um, you said his name was Chuck? Yeah, it's Chuck, yeah. Um, Chuck Ronstadt. The weatherman. That's the 911 call placed to Orange County Emergency Services on Saturday, January 13th, 2007, the morning Chuck Bronstad's body was discovered and ultimately declared dead under suspicious circumstances. My name is Gwen Radford. I've always been fascinated with 911 calls. Hearing a 911 call is like jumping into a book right at the climax. 911, what's your emergency? 911, what's your emergency? 911, what's your emergency? Then I try to figure out the rest of the story. Is she breathing? Is the man still there? Where are you located? Every week, I listen to about 30 hours of 911 calls. They're available to the public. 
Some are silly. Do you know CPR, not who CCR is? Some are scary. He's watching me. And some are just bizarre. My, my, my foot is stuck in a drain, but more importantly, my wife is dead. I fired a crossbow out my window and looks like I hit a neighbor. So, like, how bad does it have to be to send a police officer, a male one, six feet, maybe blonde? stuck in bed. Over the years, I've heard about 40,000 hours of calls, and I have them all archived, cataloged by date, incident, location, murders, assaults, car accidents, fires. I, I may have started a small forest fire in the brush behind my, uh, my house. I don't think of myself as obsessed. It's just the way my brain works. There's so much you can learn from a 911 call. The tone of voice, the breathing... What happened before the call? Why did the caller choose this moment to pick up the phone and dial it? What are they trying not to say? Uh, How do you know if you have, you know, you may have burglared something or somebody's house? But after all the thousands of 911 calls that I've listened to, there is one that I can't shake. The weatherman. The weatherman? Yes, the weatherman in, 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 on television and in real life, so this is a bit of a thing. The call that Daniel Bronstad made to report his brother's death has been rattling around in my head for a decade. Calm down. Do you could, can you get a glass of water? Are you close to your kitchen? Well, I'm not going to get a glass of water. The water's all over the floor. It's just a reminder of what's happened to my brother. Glass of water. Who is this guy, and what is happening on this call? Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hi, how are you? Sir? One moment he's hesitant or just confused. Send an ambulance! No, it, I just said it's on its way, okay, sir? You need to calm down. It's on its way right now. I'm not... I feel like you're mad at me. The next, he's completely rude. I need you to stay where you are, Daniel. Uh, no. I'm going to go out in front of my building. I really do Yogurt while you guys take your sweet time. Daniel, I need you to stay where you are. Please do not get frozen yogurt. People generally treat the dispatcher with an incredible amount of respect. But he acts like 911 called him. Okay, I'm back. It was a number one. That's why 11 years later, I'm still trying to figure out who is Daniel Bronstad. Uh, you know what? I'm just I'm going to go wait out front. So Thank you so much. I, I appreciate everything you've done. Sir, we're going to need a re- great job. Hello? It's This Sounds Serious, the case of Daniel Bronstad, a CastBox original. Throughout the series, we will break down the 911 call, what led up to the call, the life story of the caller, his difficulties in the time that we refer to as pre-call, And what happened post-call? The investigation? The trial? Who is this man? And what could possibly have been going through his head? Join me for a journey inside the mind of the most fascinating 911 caller I've ever encountered. hate to have to do this again, but I'm going to put the phone down. Daniel, I need you to stay on the line, okay? Oh, no, no. I'm just going to put this down. I want to take my sweater off. 
In 2007, when this 911 call was made, Daniel Bronstad was 40 years old. I'm the type that passes out with his two hot. He was single, no children, living in his brother's condo. You wouldn't even know he existed. No Facebook profile, no criminal record except for a mischief charge 21 years earlier. His brother Chuck Bronstad, on the other hand, you couldn't miss. Local, breaking, and live. It's WQOO News with Tom Blake and Amelia Cruz. And we want to give a warm WQOO welcome to our new meteorologist making his debut Chuck Bronstad joined the WQOO News team in January 1994. Hello, Orlando. (laughs) Thank you so much for uh, the very warm introduction. I wish I had warm weather to bring you, but unfortunately today is a different story. Okay, well now show me the weather. Uh, Excuse me. Show me the weather. Okay, okay, I will. Uh, Chuck, it's, it's Jerry McGuire. Okay, have you not seen Jerry McGuire yet? Oh, no, not yet. Oh. Uh, okay, well, it is on my list, though. He was a natural weatherman. He was tall and strapping, handsome with a great smile. He looked like he could be an NFL quarterback. He had a smooth delivery and could make those difficult transitions weathermen have to make. I'm imagining, Amelia, I'm going to see you at the Tulip Festival. Oh, I, I, ho- I hope so, yes. Because with tulips like that, I would imagine that you should be there indeed. Oh, <laughs> I see what you've done there, Chuck. <laughs> Chuck's final broadcast was the 6 o'clock news on January 12, 2007, alongside longtime anchor Amelia Cruz. For the stargazers out there, you will have a chance to see Comet McNaught, which is the brightest comet in our skies in the last 40 years. Wow. Wow, that is incredible. We will be sure to do that. Thank you, Chuck. You're welcome, Amelia. <laughs> okay, now coming up, more on that picture. Oh, Chuck was a rare talent. I mean, everyone liked him, you know? He, he had this magnetic personality, and he was so much fun to be around. You know, he also had a knack for ending up on every blooper reel we ever had. <laughs> he was something else. And what a beautiful day we have uh, for the annual Cocoa Beach Sandcastle Festival. Now behind me, you can see, well, actually behind me you can see two dogs. <laughs> and one is, uh, well, one is clearly feeling romantic. So why don't we try to pan, uh, John, the camera this way. And, uh, well, <laughs> I guess the dogs just want to be in the limelight because every... Okay, well, uh, regardlessly, I'll try to block them with my body, uh, but the Sandcastle Festival... He was will be tireless, too. I mean, always at the station. You just find him, you know, working his angles, standing in front of the green screen. He was just always there. You know, we thought he would go national, but he just had a very strong bond with our community. And that community was Orlando, Florida in the 1990s. Orlando, where America comes to play. People from all over the country are learning what Orlando has to offer. With a theme park practically on every corner, Orlando is the perfect destination for your family. Into sports, from Shaquille O'Neal to NASCAR Steel, Orlando is a sports fan's paradise. There's always something If you think about Florida in the 90s, a few things come to mind. The Birdcage, Gianni Versace, Will Smith's music. But those are all Miami. A three-and-a-half-hour drive north is Orlando. 
And if you've been swept away by music's latest trend, grunge rock, look no further than Orlando's own Matchbox 20. You'll think you're in Seattle, dude, but with way more sun. It's always kind of been Miami's kid brother. Less about glitz, more about family. Less about partying, more about community. And Chuck had the perfect face and the perfect voice for that place and time. I am here at the grand opening of the Orlando International Airport New Arrivals Area. And as you I'm here at the Epcot Center for what is turning out to be a bit of a sad day. It's the final running of Michael Jackson's Captain EO ride. Now, I just stepped off the ride myself, and it's just as thrilling as when it was introduced. I'm here at Gator World with our tour guide for today, Joey Fatone. Uh, Joey tells me he's also in a singing group, so we may get you to sing a couple of bars for us in a minute. But first, why don't you tell us who this big fella is that you've got? And knowing all this about Chuck, it's nice. But I'm not sure it tells me anything about his brother Daniel. Daniel is different. Uh, Yeah, you know, you you should be able to track him down, but I am not sure he's going to want to talk to you. When I got the idea to make this podcast, I started asking around about Daniel. I got an email address for him and wrote asking to speak to him. No answer. Then a friend of his gave me a phone number. Hello, you've reached Daniel Bronstadt. Please leave me a message. Thank you very much. Uh, Hello. Hi, uh, Daniel. Hi. Um... (laughs) My name's Gwen Radford. I've, uh, I'm a journalist working on a podcast. It's my own podcast. Um, anyway, I didn't um, hear anything for a while. Weeks. I kept trying to get a hold of Daniel. Uh, hi. Hey. Um, hi, Daniel. My name is uh, but Gwen nothing. Radford. Um, I was beginning to think about how I could make this show without him. How far could I get just talking to those around him? And then... You have one new voice message. Message 23, new. He left a voicemail. We'll hear that voicemail after a word from these sponsors. Before the break, I was trying to reach Daniel Bronstadt via phone, but to no avail. But then I got a voicemail. Gwen, it's DB. Um... I understand that you were looking for me, and, um, well, I found you. (laughs) I wasn't looking for you, but I found you. Um, I'd love to talk. I want to, let's talk. Um, I don't know where you are. I, would you be interested in coming up to the ranch? Because it would be easiest for me, and, and, and I would love, you know, I don't know how your audio works, but I'd love it if we would go on a trail ride. Um, and you don't have to s- stick on the trail. You're welcome to go wherever you like, but I stick on the trail so that I know my way back. <laughs> this was definitely the guy from the 911 call. I don't know if you have any equine interests at all, so I think I've gotten off track. I want to talk to you. Gwen, what is that name? It's got to be... What is that name? Greek? I hope so. It's, that's a great name. I, I just love that name. I think it's because of Gwen Close. Anyways, 
I I would love to speak to you about the 911 call. I don't think it was something that I, I I don't think it was my finest hour. That's for certain. There was a lot going on that day. So, but I'm interested to hear your thoughts on how you thought my call went. So come up, see me. Uh, maybe we could start off with a dressage. You'll you can ride. It's ninety percent of dressage is the horse, and then I'll just adjudicate, and we'll have a nice conversation. It'll be a, just a nice introduction, a nice way to meet each other, um, if that's of interest to you. Did I say this is DB? Let's talk and get out on the trails. Hippie Kaye. Bye bye Gwen. Bye bye Gwen. I called him back immediately. <sighs> this is. I can't believe he called me back. Hello. Daniel. Hi. 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 This is um this is Gwen from um oh. the podcast. We yes. we spoke over thank you so much for calling right. me back. Right. Yes. I just uh, I just left you a a rather uh, rambling message, it, I think. Very it was perfect. I'm recently. so I can't tell you it. Right, it's I so... wasn't. I wasn't prepared to be um, speaking to you uh, quite so quickly. I really should have a different shirt on here. Uh, I'm just so, give I'm me a sorry. moment to just put on a different shirt. Uh, right. Okay. Um, I was just out in the stables because I have a Shetland pony that's in heat right now, oh, and I've wow. needed to separate him from the rest of the the ponies because I don't need more Shetland ponies on my um, hands. So. <clears throat> so, Daniel, I, I I'm so happy that you responded to me and I, I just I guess it's a bit of a preamble but oh. I'm calling you because of your 911 call oh. regarding your brother yeah, right, and right. I wanted to talk to you a little bit well, more about what yeah I was thinking then. about I was thinking in regards to you know subject matter and podcasts and and what might be useful for you and if you thought about a show where you get four or five comedians just sitting around a table and kind of spritzing over the daily news because I think that would be sort of a better subject material okay typically when I investigate these 911 calls it's a pretty straightforward conversation but talking to Daniel proved to be more frustrating than I was expecting. Regarding your brother Chuck and the call that you made, this is why... I'm sorry, is... I hate to do this. I'm looking out my window at something that seems to be... It would have to... It couldn't be an ostrich, but it's big. I don't know what this is. Can I just... I want to make sure that... Within the first few minutes of the call, I was instantly struck by how talkative Daniel was. Yeah, but before we do this, can I... Am I welcome to just double-check when you were born? I don't need the year, but I would be curious... One moment he's talking Pez dispensers. Uh, I'm looking for the um, Space Invaders Pez. The next he's talking about roller coasters. Are you thinking of going to Epcot? I get the feeling he hasn't talked to anyone for a very long time. I actually invested quite heavily in the game Dance Dance Revolution. I was part of the... I have not had a girlfriend, a significant girlfriend in... Well, it depends what you describe as girlfriend. Have I fucked? Yeah, four years ago I fucked. But do I have a girlfriend? No. Some nights I wake up and I think... It would be amazing to go on a flamingo hunt. One of the reasons I love Dance Dance Revolution is because... On the call, I learned that he owns a six-acre ranch 90 minutes outside of Orlando. 
But I've made a new life for myself up here with my animals, my horses, and of course, my pinball machines. I've got... Uh, we talk about his love for trombones. ...reasons why only a trombonist can be a true artist, because they have full range with that slide. No note is precise... But the most surprising thing that I learn is that he's a musician. I'm still very active. I have a band. I play up the road. Once a week, we have a standing engagement. So I guess you'd call it a new wave country band. So it's He says he tries to make a new song on his computer every day. And he sent me one. It was not what I was expecting. It wasn't lost on me that he was trying to avoid the topic that I was calling about. But after talking for almost three hours about everything under the sun, Daniel finally began to open up about the 911 call and Chuck's death. It was 2007. I was at home Friday night. I'd watched Deal or No Deal, pounded some vitamin water, and had gone straight to bed. And... Didn't hear Chuck come in, didn't hear anything as I said. But when I woke up in the morning, I knew something was wrong. Because I didn't have breakfast in my bed. And that was something that Chuck did every day for me. And so when I woke up and I didn't have that tray of breakfast on my bed, on my comforter, I said, holy hell, what has happened? Where is Chuck? Because that's what he would do on the weekends. And so I got out of bed. I was hungry. I said, well, I'm going to have to fend for myself. This is a bit of a disaster. And when I stepped out of bed, the first thing I noticed is that the carpets were wet. Daniel had mentioned wet carpets in the 911 call. It's one of the things that always made it stand out to me. And I followed the trail of water. And I opened the door. And that's when I discovered Chuck. And it looked like, the strangest thing is it looked like, it looked like he was French kissing the the water, the water bed. The coroner's report ruled Chuck's death a drowning. He drowned in his own water bed. When you walk into a room and you have a family member who's attached to a waterbed, you know the only thing left to do is call 911. That's what I did. It was, quite possibly, the most confusing case I've ever been a part of. That's retired Detective Leonard Anthony. He was the lead investigator on Chuck's case. It was an absolute mess from start to finish for several reasons. First of all, the first cops on the scene were rookie cops, so they had no idea what they were doing. They were fresh out of the academy. Second of all, Mr. Bronstad had his cleaning crew come every Saturday morning to clean his condo. They had already arrived and cleaned up the entire crime scene. And so we didn't know what was what, what had been cleaned, what, you know, it was a disaster. I mean, the the condo itself was spotless because they were great cleaners. My wife and I actually used them. Um, But most importantly, the most confusing element to this investigation was our ability to gather credible eyewitness reports. We had 
uh, witnesses saying that they thought that they saw Mr. Bronstadt, you know, days after the murder had happened. Um, confusion as to when he would come and go from his condo, um, how many cars he owned, this type of thing. And, of course, all of this confusion was set in motion because Chuck and Daniel were identical twins. Twins. Identical twins. And if you don't know what an identical twin is, that's a set of siblings that look exactly alike. Gwen, I'm exhausted. I I don't think I want to talk anymore, Gwen. I, um, come and see me, Gwen. If you want to know more about the call and my brother, just come come to the ranch. I, I think uh, that would be best. Just come here. Um Okay. I, I think Bye-bye, Gwen. Oh, wait. See you really soon, I hope. Uh, uh, Daniel. Oh. Are we going to Florida? Next time on This Sounds Serious. We were way ahead of the boy band thing. He joined a f***ing cult. You are going to meet face-to-face with a murderer. Plus, it's Florida. Everyone's a criminal there. It's like America's Australia. Would you want to comb a mini horse? Uh, Um... I visit Daniel at his ranch to learn more about his relationship with his twin brother, Chuck. No doubt in my mind, Gwen, he's our guy. This Sounds Serious is a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest-growing, highest-rated podcast app on both iOS and Android, where you can find all your favorite podcasts. You can listen to This Sounds Serious wherever you get your podcasts, but we hope you'll give CastBox a shot. We think it's the best.